everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky, where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. This week, I've got a real treat for you. I have got Alice Ollins and Fenella Mailfine, who are the co-founders of the Step Up Club and Career Experts. So the Step Up Club is a modern voice in the women's career conversation. In fact, Stylist Magazine, which I love, said that they are the only voice to listen to in the women's career sphere. It's quite hard to say. Alice and Fenella have five kids between them, so they really know a thing or two about working motherhood. And together, they've created the Step Up School and the Step Up Club, which includes a book, face-to-face events. They work with brands like Balance Me Skincare and Caramillan. They do lots of talks at things like Stylist Live, and they also give really good free advice on their weekly newsletter, which I've been signed up to for a while now and really is packed full of really good, simple, actionable tips. So I recommend you sign up for that as well. I was so excited to chat to them because I have been following them for such a while. There was so many things that I wanted to ask them about and I think the big thing that I really wanted to understand was about how they juggle it all because they seem to have you know from nowhere really just created this hugely impressive brand which is having a massive impact in the world and yet they have these big family lives as well so I really wanted to understand how they manage that and if they experience guilt like the rest of us and we had a great conversation around mum guilt I think it's more common to feel guilty than not feel guilty. So I think if you don't, I think that's an amazing thing. It's such a powerful thing. Mm. We also talked about their stories, so how they got into the Step Up Club and both individually and respectively coming together as a duo is, is fascinating. That's how we start the podcast interview. We also talk about confidence and what it means to them and how they help other women access that part of themselves. The confidence is linked to, obviously, it's just the single act of just not being in the workplace. So you always fear something, the unknown, so you don't know what's going on there, so you feel detached, so it affects your confidence. We talk about career crossroads, and I think motherhood, you know, I often talk about this, I think motherhood is such a natural time of re-evaluation for everything, you know, including career. So we talk about that a lot if the women who suddenly find their work not working and what to do then. And we also have a brilliant conversation around validation and this idea of what happens when we stop seeking our validation from outside of us and start seeking it from inside. And when we feel that validation from within, how that then opens up different choices and we start to make different choices and our outer worlds can often change quite dramatically when we make that inner shift. So I think the change is taking control of your validation and accepting or being able to have that from the inside out and for however that works for you as a person. So, you know me, I love that part of the chat. I love to go deep and we definitely did. So I think wherever you're at with your working life, you know, whether you're working, hating it, working, loving it, in work and wanting to not be in work or not in work and wanting to be in work, or any variation thereof, I think you will get a lot from the episode. They've also just launched an online programme that we talk about at the end of the podcast. I've seen it and it's great. 
and they very very kindly have given us a discount code so if you did want to check it out and you think it's going to be helpful for you then don't forget to use that because hopefully that will make it cheaper for you which is always good isn't it anyway this has been a really long intro so i will shut up and let you enjoy the episode here it is so this morning I'm here with the Step Up Club ladies, Alison Fenella. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for being here. I have been um, Insta stalking you, <laughs> and um, I just love what you stand for, and I love how you talk so openly about your career changes. So why don't we start at the start? How did Step Up come about? I always defer this one over yeah, to no, you, you always <laughs> okay, okay, I'll answer it today. So Fenella and I, on the kind of knowing each other side, I'm very, very old friends with Fenella's husband. So we were peripheral friends who kind of met up once a year-ish for brunch. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we knew each other. So that was in the background. And then we've had very different careers to date. So I was a journalist at the Times and then at Red and Marie Claire. Fenella, what were you? I was a... I remember I was <laughs> I was a corporate lawyer and then I was an equity fund manager at JP Morgan and before I requalified with a master's in organizational behavior career management and counseling and became an accredited executive coach so that's kind of a quick way of saying that we both had changes in our careers Fenella's happened more to do with family well you kind of were slightly done with law weren't you yeah, I mean, I had a, had a few changes. Yeah. So I changed from law. It just wasn't the right career for me. I never really stopped. I had an image of it and it was easy to get into. I thought I was going to be Ali Mobile and it was not like that. Um, so I changed quite early to equity fund management, which was great until I had my son. Mm. Um, and then it just, the way that the markets work... It's, 5 a.m. Yeah, it's just really, really difficult to be flexible. And unfortunately, although the hours were much better than corporate law, they're the hours that your child is awake. So it became quite a stark choice for me between a job I did actually enjoy, but never seeing my son, or seeing my son, so I chose to see my son. And was that quite scary, realising that this career wasn't going to work, or that having to make that choice? Yeah, it was actually, it was awful. It was really, really difficult, because my whole identity was completely centred around, essentially, my academic achievement. It had been, I went to Oxford, you know, everything that I've ever done has been about being high achieving Mm -hmm. and when I introduce myself to people the first thing I'd say is oh yeah you know I do European equities at JP Morgan and everyone would be like wow you you know you're really amazing in the city it's a really desirable job Um, and she says she's launched Step Up Club and they go wow yeah they go wow that's that's so amazing (laughs) you guys work with Alice Holens (laughs) 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 yeah it was genuinely really really difficult because on the one hand I loved being a mum and I hadn't expected to kind of I think love it that much and I had been expected to go back to work really quickly full time that was kind of my plan and then I had my son I did some exams during early in my maternity leave, and I was like oh my god I can't never see him and I had this really fraught time I didn't know what to do I went for other jobs but you know this was 10 years ago there wasn't really flexible working in the city I mean in lots of places but particularly in the city everything I was looking at was going to be really overwhelming um, so I just had another baby and, and was off work and was actually, although happy being a mum, was very unfilled and quite unhappy. And remember having these really fraught conversations with my husband saying, you know, you don't understand. Mm. You know, I had been the high achieving one. I had been the higher earning one. And suddenly I was just a mum and I had my kids relatively young. So none of my friends had kids. So it was really, really difficult. And it, the thing that changed for me was going to see a coach who I then copied. <laughs> <laughs> I became a coach as well. 
So my story was is totally different to that. So I was extremely happy as a journalist, kind of creatively fulfilled me, and I loved working with the people I worked with. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing my name in the newspaper and just the whole everything that surrounds it as an industry is just a brilliant I mean I was in fashion and it was just glamorous and great fun and then I went and had my babies and I kind of well actually I listened to your dear Orla podcast because I also lost a baby Mm, yeah so I had Bear who I lost and then I had my girls and so I was just consumed with motherhood on lots of different fronts I actually, the first thing I said after we lost Bear is I don't want to go back to work like I'm just not interested and I kind of felt like that for quite a long time but then something, obviously, like my girls grew up a little bit and I wanted to do something and I didn't feel fulfilled in just being a mum. And so I tried to freelance, but actually when you're out of the game for quite a while, even though, and for actually I kind of email people now for the step up and they're like, of course I know your byline, you were in the Times for 10 years. But it's hard because the whole industry had changed in the kind of three-ish years that I was off. There was the rise of digital media. Everyone was a journalist. Everyone was blogging. You know, Instagram was growing. And actually, when I was listening to the Dear Orla podcast, I realised that I wrote a blog in 2010 all about losing a baby and all of that stuff. And it was kind of ahead of the curve of everyone else. And that I was obviously was still writing a lot, but in different ways. And that I wanted to get back into actually working and earning a living as well. So I was freelancing, but there wasn't much out there and it wasn't very satisfying. And to be a freelancer, you basically have to be full time chasing your jobs. And so it isn't actually, it sounds like a great flexible option. And it is if you've kind of gone straight out full time work into it, because you've got all those kind of leads that are there. But if you don't, it's quite a lonely place and difficult place to be. So I was on the lookout for something. Fenella and I happened to meet at a couple of drinks parties and I was talking about my work and women and I've always been very interested in women and communication and stuff like that Fenella was doing her corporate coaching and while you were fulfilled and loved what you were doing well both of us realized that we had friends who were asking for kind of career advice and actually wouldn't it be nice to kind of take Fenella's knowledge which at the time was only accessible if you were a high-earning corporate essentially working for specific banks or law firms and be able to deliver it to a wider market who maybe weren't in those jobs so the idea at the beginning was to write the book which is what we did we didn't know each other very well and we decided to write a book together and amazingly Alice is a really close old friend of my husband's but we 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 really really didn't didn't know each other we really didn't know each other and I think the trust was my friendship with Richard, which is Fenella's husband. But actually, we didn't know how each other worked. We didn't actually even know if we would get on. We didn't know. We didn't know if we'd particularly get on. All I knew was, I mean, we were very cliched at the time. So Fenella was the corporate one and I was the creative one. We've blended to become a kind of step-up entity now. But at the time, it was very like, we had these two roles. And so we decided to write a book and we just Googled, how do you write a book? And Googled <laughs> what's in a book proposal. And I, again, had like quite good contacts and agents and yeah. around that area. So we were able to get our proposal out to some people. But actually, it was a really organic idea that has grown to actually cannibalise our careers, our individual careers. So I write very little now because I don't have much time and Fenella's winding up her corporate coaching. And so it's kind of absorbed everything and gives us so much more than our careers gave us before. Mm. And I'm not surprised that it's done, you know, and had the impact that it has because it feels to me like your experience and mine was exactly the same mm. of, you know, having these corporate, quite inflexible jobs, totally linked to our identities. I really relate to that. And then having, you know, becoming a mum and the game changer that is. And then 
I remember at the time, you know, looking around for, so what now? Like, how on earth do I navigate being a mum, being a present mum, mm. which is what, you know, we talk about a lot on the podcast, and also fulfilling ourselves? Do you think it's possible? I mean, you guys seem like you're doing it. Do you feel like you're fulfilling that part of you that wants to make a difference in the world as well as being present, connected mums? You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that we have this kind of quite exciting business yeah. that is really growing mm. quite fast, that we make real change for people. Mm. And people feed back to us that we're making change to them, which is, I yeah. think, the best bit. We always really say, oh, wow, that's really amazing, which is something you get in one-to-one coaching, but you don't really get otherwise. And being able to combine that with working quite flexibly. But it is something that we deliberately create. Yeah. So, for example, my husband also has his own business. I know your husband has his own business. Yeah. And my husband's attitude towards his business is quite different to our attitude I think in that you know he is really good he does drop-offs he'll do some pickups but he will say oh you know I I really can't do I have to do this meeting and I'll say actually you know I can't do that meeting because I have to be here so for us and that's one of the reasons that our partnership has worked so well is that we have very similar values around work we really want to be successful and we really want to create change but we also have really similar values around family so we really want to be flexible and we want to be there for our kids and for our... Actually, we're close to our parents, yeah. we're, our, you know, our friends. So you can't have everything. If what you want is a, a multi-billion pound floated company and picking up your kids from school every day, no, you can't have that. We don't even pick our kids up from school every day. But if what you want is a successful business and flexibility, I think you can have that. Mm-hmm. You've just got to be realistic about the sacrifices you've got to make. Mm-hmm. I talk about that a lot. And it's a coaching thing as well. It's working out what your values are and then navigating around that. Do you see this a lot with people that come to you with Step Up or a lot of the mums looking for that new way of working? I think invariably we attract women who are similar to us because our stories resonate with them as people, either Fenella's kind of background or my background resonate with them. So I think, yes, we catch women at a crux point in their career and that is sometimes influenced by motherhood. In fact, we had a really interesting discussion that we is a continuing kind of thread of discussion that we have, which is around us, our profile and motherhood, because we are obviously mums and we're working mums. But we didn't want to be caught in that kind of just working mums bubble because we feel that what we have can be accessible and useful and meaningful for other women as well. So we've had moments where we're like, you know what, actually, let's just only talk to mums because actually what we talk about, what we do, is so powerful to them. And then we have other times, like, no, 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 we can't do that. We also need to talk about other people, talk to other people as well. So when you were just out there fiddling around, I said to Fernando, it would actually be quite nice to just talk about, not just talk about being working mums, but we actually have been quite cautious about it because... Mm. What we found, especially on our Instagram page, less so now, but definitely at the beginning, was that when we were working out what worked and what people liked, if we posted about our kids, we lost hundreds of followers, even though the majority of our followers are mums. Interesting. Why do you think that was? I don't know if it's the way that we talked about it. I don't know if we were too frivolous. I think we lost followers who were not mothers. And even now, if I've done recently some stories about, you know, working motherhood and balance and we've had some negative comments Mm -hmm. saying you know I find it really hurtful that you would talk about this because I don't have children for example which is really difficult for that person and we understand but it's also a huge part of our lives so 
It is really difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. And I think when we've been thinking about what we can offer, and especially, so we wrote the book and then it evolved into events because we had people asking Mm. us to work with them and to speak on panels. So part of our business became running events and being at events. And what happened was that we had women who came to the same events and they actually asked us for something more sustained and more evolutionary that they could buy into that would be more solid than just coming to one event. And so that's how we developed or why we developed the Step Up School which is our in-person course and what we found is that I would say the majority of those women are mums yeah at least 80% yeah 80% probably are mums and it was only while we've been thinking about our profile and our kind of customers or the women who we really speak to we realize it isn't only mums but it's people at that crux point that we talked about and it can be lots of different triggers so it can be what Fenella said earlier was that she went into law because she wasn't forced into law but it was a natural progression from everything that she'd done to that point and her parents wanted her to do it but then she kind of looked up at several years later and thought well this isn't fulfilling me I don't want to be in this job a lot of women that come to us go through that process as well so they're like I'm actually quite successful but I don't feel very successful so that's another trigger for that kind of crossroads in your career and so rather than talking about just working mums we talk about change I think that's what I was thinking as he was talking. I was like, actually, those triggers can come from any number mm. that are external. I think my personal journey, motherhood, was definitely the biggest one. I think it's a really natural re-evaluation point, mm. motherhood, which is where mother kind came from. But equally, I can see how actually there can be other big external trigger points. And you guys have been talking a bit about AI, haven't you? Mm. Which, again, to me, would be another big external trigger point, I think, when people realise the change that that might bring... Um, so I think that's really interesting so if there's a mum listening who is you know nodding along and thinking yeah I'm in a career that doesn't work or I'm not in a career and I want to be in one what type of advice and what's the process that you take people through to help them work out what the hell they do want to do that's going to work with being a mum so having been in that position myself and also having worked with hundreds of women in that position I think it's a really really difficult place to get out of because there's a lot of fear we find that there is a huge underconfidence Mm. and the longer you're either in a career which doesn't fulfill you thinking about trying to leave or actually out of work is a big one you know even on a year's maternity leave women's confidence massively suffers so why do you think that is I think it's because we feel number one I think that motherhood as a job is not valued Mm. and so we feel that what we're doing when we're mothering is not a valuable contribution to anyone other than our own children which actually just isn't true I think that the world of work is very masculine, very masculine. And so when you're out in this kind of more female space, it still is a more female space, and you're mothering and you're with other mums and you're with your kids, and then you go back into this masculine world, that's a real difference. Even if you go in female workplaces, in the majority of workplaces, we're still set up in a kind of more corporate masculine structure. So even, for example, in magazines, you might have the journalists might be mostly female, for example, in a women's magazine, but the senior management is mostly male. And also the structure is the same structure as any other corporate Mm -hmm. job. So it's an, an expectation that you will work from nine till six and you'll be able to travel at a moment's notice just, you know, to cover a story. And those are the... That's how society does mothers a disservice because it's inflexible and it's kind of very 
the way it's structured yeah and the structure of progression right Mm. as well so there's this idea that you have this linear career path and actually we know that most women don't lots of women don't have a linear career path and therefore if you're kind of on ramping off ramping you're suddenly out of sync with traditional career structures and that's frightening and it makes you feel that there's something wrong with you but there's not there's probably something wrong with the structure but you feel that way I think also sorry to interrupt but I think the confidence is linked to obviously it's just the single act of just not being in the workplace so you always fear something the unknown so you don't know what's going on there so you feel detached so it affects your confidence but also you become like what Fernanda was saying earlier about identity so there's this whole identity change that we have to process when we're feeling extremely vulnerable as women anyway you know having given birth being full of hormones not knowing what the hell you're doing having dependent suddenly you know all those elements and factors that people without children including men can't possibly ever understand and then there is sadly a kind of negativity around motherhood and we did an event once which we called being a mum makes you awesome Mm -hmm. because there's just this assumption that when you're a mum you're just not as good as someone who isn't a mum and actually what we always say is that there is so much that you learn about yourself about leadership about organization there's so much you learn being a mum but for some reason those skills we don't draw on those skills as part of our career arsenal we kind of try to hide them away and the fact that we've you know done 10 things before we've even got to the office and they're not not valued in the office yeah they're not valued and so what we try and do is remind women actually all those things make you better at your job and the fact that you have got up and done 10 things before you've arrived at your desk is a huge achievement it's not something to be hidden which I think a lot of women feel that they need to that they need to live this double life which is obviously destabilizing and I think that then feeds into yeah feeds into a lack of confidence yeah So what we would say is the first thing is to really start working number one on your confidence. And the second thing, actually the confidence is probably the second thing, the the first thing would be actually really think about what you want. Because that's what, as Alice was saying before, you know, people get become successful. You know, I was doing quite well in the city. And then I looked around and I was like, actually, this is not fulfilling. This is not my definition of success. This is not my purpose at all. And I think you have to reevaluate that and be honest with yourself not oh that person's really successful I'm going to be like them or that mum is doing that that mum is staying at home full time therefore she's a better mum than me or that mum is working five days a week and she's a massive CEO she's doing better no what is actually the success for me and you do that and then you build up your confidence and that's essentially the foundation of every all the work that we do with women and I think that's so important and it does take I think in my experience like some external trigger or support to do that sometimes because mm. it can be quite hard to sit down on your own and think right what do I want without getting trapped in as you say fear is such a big one especially as a lot of the mums that I work with will have had those underlying fears or anxieties mm. even through their hugely sometimes well, we all do don't exactly we? so then I think then that year or two or have three or however many at home I can see how that can grow yeah So, yeah, that's why I love the work that you guys do so much because it gives that almost that focus on self and letting go of the comparison, as you were saying, Mm. what everyone else is doing and actually what's right. We definitely start with the individual and then we grow that once, so through Step Up School, once we've kind of helped them reevaluate their definition of success, which is paramount to feeling successful Mm. we then as Fernanda said work on their confidence and then it kind of broadens out more into career more traditional career skills career development skills like networking and mentoring I think it's also to do with our partnership there is a more emotional 
empathetic side. So there's Fenella's very kind of research-based advice and then couched in more kind of emotional support as Mm. women and just the art of bringing women together as 30 women together in a room like you said like we never gift ourselves that time to sit down and assess and what we realized with step up school and now hopefully with our new online courses that we are just simply giving women a space where they can turn their phone off and just focus on themselves because often they say you know what are we going to do without step up school I just never give myself these hours to think about myself or even just 10 minutes a day is enough Mm. but that single art of focusing on yourself um, and whichever way you take that in is incredibly powerful Mm. and we just get caught in these constant hamster wheels there's so much to be doing isn't there I think you know I teach the same when I'm coaching is just taking 10 minutes every day and I teach people that work with me how to journal every day for 10 minutes just from that single Mm. thing the transformations that I've seen have been amazing because without being sort of invited to do it or to know that it's okay to do it I think that's the other thing is the guilt of what Mm. we should be doing do you experience guilt mum guilt when you're sort of working and yesterday Fenella's parents-in-law put her kids to bed did they actually put them to bed in the end yeah oh you came home no 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 I didn't come home okay I didn't come home I didn't come home so we were sitting in the office yesterday and Fernanda said I'm not going to go home because my parents are putting the kids to bed and if we're all there it'll just be too annoying and I said what are you going to do and she said I'm going to go and get my nails done did you yeah and then she said but but mainly I'm just going to be feeling guilty That's going to be my main focus. I actually didn't. No, I actually didn't. I actually didn't. I spent a long time feeling guilty. I felt guilty about not going back to work when I didn't go back to work because I was like wasting my. I've done a lot of education. Yes, I was wasting my education and like you know disappointing people and not contributing financially. So I felt guilty about that. Then I had kids, and then I felt guilty about wanting to work and I wasn't working and I had a second kid and I felt guilty that I was maybe neglecting the first one and that I wasn't giving the second one the same you know I mean guilt is just our it's a female story I, isn't I it but I've guilt so much I really I don't, don't have guilt I don't I mean I, I feel me. I have I guilt like I'll just on a day if I don't pick them up from school I sometimes feel a bit guilty but I don't have I don't know if it's because of what I went through and then I mm. had this pure focus on motherhood for I don't know three or four years where I probably not well probably in total it was where I just was solely focused on being a mum and just either grieving as a mum who had lost a child or just blissful as a mum who suddenly had children that I just did I had no guilt it's almost like there are so many not so many there are some good things that come out of terrible loss and one of them was this amazing kind of focus I had and I remember I filled in this questionnaire once I went to this stupid mothering club and they rated you on how good a mum you are I gave myself 10 out of 10 on everything they rated you yeah well you had to do it yourself it was really weird but I gave myself 10 out of 10 because I truly (laughs) believed that I was like I was giving my all and so I think with that foundation I've been able to slowly because I didn't jump back into work I've been slowly able to build it up and I think it's helped me not feel guilty because I think I gave them so bloody much for myself and I still give them so much that when I'm not there, they get enough. Mm. I think most women I work with do feel guilty. I think it's more common to feel... I think it's more common to feel guilty than not feel guilty. So I think if you don't, I think that's an amazing thing. It's such a powerful thing. Mm. But I think more people do. The way that I went back to work, I went to see this coach. I was like, I have to work because I'm actually 
going to be miserable if I come and stay at home. And I can remember frantically Googling research about, you know, what's the impact on children of working mums and like how many Which hours a week. Isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. great outcome. It's positive. But, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's totally positive. But I remember doing that thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to go and do this master's and this is so bad because I've started it when my second was eight months old. And when my first was eight months old, I was obviously still on maternity leave. So I was like, oh, you know, this is terrible. And I remember I started this master's and we did a lot of kind of counseling, coaching, training. I was the youngest person on the course and there were other mothers they were old, much older um, with older children and there was one particularly who hadn't worked for like 13 years and she was going back to try to do this and her confidence was very low and, and we were doing this counselling thing and, and you had to counsel each other and everybody else would watch and give comments mm. it's very powerful I would be very emotional there was always a lot of tears mm. and I talked about the, the issue you had to bring an issue and my issue was I feel so guilty I got offered a coaching job three days a week and to do alongside the masters and I really wanted to do it it's very rare to get offered a coaching job yeah. and it helps you build your hours it's an amazing thing and I can remember I was if I do this coaching job then I'm basically going to ruin my child you know I felt so guilty that I was like I, I can't do it because it's going to like destroy my even though I could see really people who were great mums who worked yeah. more than that for me yeah. personally I was like no it's too I can't do it and then this woman said I think you need permission to do it and so I'm going to give you the permission to go. I feel quite emotional talking about this. I'm going to give you the permission to go back to work because I'm telling you now that you feel the need to work and therefore you should work and you will not damage your children. And I've done the opposite and it's not been a positive thing for me mm. because it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I did it through a kind of guilt, essentially. Um, and so she basically gave me permission. I accepted the job it. the next day. Yeah. Mm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy is just an incredible, safe, non-judgmental space. I absolutely love it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, which I think as busy mums is what we all need. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash motherkind today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash motherkind. That's interesting. That makes me think my mum didn't go back to work after having children. And I've seen it as a massive negative for her and our family. And I think that is one of the reasons why I feel like I never want to end up in that position. I don't want my children to have that relationship that I have with my mum because I just think the root of it is her lack of fulfilment and her lack of confidence, which is just nosedived as we've grown up. It's the same And I just, I really, that's one of my biggest drivers is to stay working for that sole reason. I just have to, I suppose as a person, like, I'm not selfish, but I have, like, I have a sense of self. That sense of self has to be fed by something that isn't my children. And then when I get home and I see them, I just feel warm fuzzies Mm. because I've already fulfilled that, part of me that I think what our children you know and I obviously think a lot about this is I think what our children need is mums that are fulfilled and are lit up inside because I had the same experience with my mum she was the higher earner before children I think she decided not to go back to work but I picked up on the energy of her sort of lack of fulfillment Mm. and probably resentment if I'm really honest and then when we left for uni I remember her saying to me it's my time now and I remember thinking, 
It's always been you. I never asked you mm. to put your life on hold. That guilt that I then felt, actually, and I feel quite emotional to realize, you know, I felt guilty that she'd stopped her life for me. I never asked her to do that. In fact, I wanted her to be. It's funny because I actually have happy. I have guilt around my mum and I don't have guilt around my children. So I don't feel guilt like you. I don't because she's never vocalised it. She finds it very difficult to vocalise things, so she's never vocalised it like it's my time. But I feel guilty that I. No, I don't think I've sapped her, but I'm just so much more. I just have the skills to be able to fulfill myself. Yeah. And she doesn't have the skills to be able, because mainly because of when she's the product of her generation, I suppose, mm. a bit more. And she wasn't able to do anything for lots of different reasons. So I have more guilt about that relationship than I do with my children because mm. I feel like I'm being a good role model for them. I and they, exactly need, to, the they need to see that, especially I've got two daughters, you know, they need to see that. But we were talking about money, actually, because we talk about money. We're not, we don't just generally sit around talking about money. We ran a session on money and women and money, which is a really interesting subject. Yeah. It's made me really conscious around talking about money with my girls, which I think is really important as well. Yeah. And really enabling for them to not shy away from talking about money. I totally agree. But what I realised was that it's very easy to talk about money in a negative way. So... We were talking about swimming lessons and my daughter wants to go every day. And I'm like, well, you know, we can't afford to send you to swimming lessons every day. That's just not going to happen. Mummy and daddy work very hard. And, da, 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 da. and then I kind of thought, well, I don't want to only say we can't afford to do things because we can afford to do lots of amazing things. And when you do amazing things, you don't say, I work really hard and look what we're doing. <laughs> so I was thinking about how to balance that, that conversation so that they know that there's only a limit to the amount of things that we can do but actually we do so many amazing things and they're incredibly lucky and I just still haven't found the words to that part but I am working mm. on it it's, it's a really interesting conversation as well isn't it around you know money and career and I feel like you know actually my career gives me so much more than money that mm. enables me but also I'm proud that Jessie sees me making a difference like mm-hmm. you guys you know being fulfilled by what we're doing I think I'd feel differently if I was still in my corporate life sort of trudging in on the northern line every morning hating it so i think i would like fenella was saying earlier we have complete control of our time Mm. unless something comes up that's like one in a million where we have to be at a meeting at a certain time and we have to put everything else has to be managed on the family front we have control of our time and actually this time last year i was at red two days a week and we were doing step up fenella was doing her coaching stuff and I found it really, really stressful that there was somebody else owned my time. So I can imagine. So I think we're not lucky because we have worked to be able to yeah, be we're in not this lucky. position. Yeah. yeah, we've worked. But we, as Fenella said, we're conscious that our time is incredibly precious and we're very respectful of each other's time. So if Fenella has to go and do something, sports day, whatever it is, obviously we're in that season where there's about a trillion things we have to be at school for. You know, we have each other's backs yeah. And we, no one else controls what we do. And I think that's incredibly freeing. And we do also miss things. Yeah, we you do miss something things. yesterday. I missed oh, something yeah. last Thursday. I didn't really mind but missing we, the teddy bear's but, picnic. But we miss it. We, I miss, like, the sports viewing last... Not sports day, the sports viewing. The pre-sports sports day sports viewing. It's viewing the sports. It's viewing the sports before this. I mean... Oh, that's ridiculous. Anyway, so... But I missed it, and you missed it. And, and I think we didn't feel guilty because it's our conscious choice to miss those yeah. things because we know we're busy, we're doing our full day, and we're choosing to go to certain things or my husband's going to something I think because we're making the choice yeah. it That's makes a very it different energy than a it boss is. telling you you can't exactly. say, it? really and I find that very very stressful because then there's no guess how mm. and I want to be able to do so is things. a lot of what you do help people start working for themselves 
Or do sometimes you start to create more flexibility around a more traditional both, nine to five? Both. So as an example, in step up school at the moment, we've had, I'm thinking we've had actually quite a lot of people make change, but I'm thinking particularly of two people. So we had one person who's in really a big job. And she was thinking, well, she started to step up school thinking, you know, I'm probably going to not do this big job mm. because I've had children and, and everything. And I just don't know what to do. And actually what we've done is we've kind of worked with her on that. And she's now negotiated to go down to, I think she's doing three and a half, three, three yeah. days a week and then take on one side project and then be with her kids mm. two afternoons a week. So, so for her, she's kind of develop the confidence and the language to actually ask for what she wants and she's got it another woman specifically actually quite a lot of people have had this but another person has actually taken I think the really difficult decision to leave a very high paying job a few of them yeah. definitely left jobs during step up school yeah some to go and do freelance some to go and do another job but and some to set up businesses but those people who've left to set up businesses were people who always wanted to do that they just basically probably didn't have the confidence mm. to do that so we're certainly not advocating that everybody works for themselves it's not something that everybody would enjoy and absolutely wouldn't definitely wouldn't but we do advocate not just women I mean anybody doing the thing that fulfills them and for some people that is just absolutely beasting themselves and working all the time and outsourcing childcare and and for some people it's finding flexibility and it just depends who you are Mm, I think that's really interesting and with the people just something I want to pick up on that you talked about before that I think I I hear a lot is this shift between getting our validation externally from those big jobs and I definitely did you know I worked at BMW for years and that was the first thing I would tell people about myself and then starting to get that validation internally and the different choices that that can give us do you see people making that shift through working with you and step up and what sort of changes does that bring that's quite a big question question. sorry I'm very very interested in it that's why I'm asking you (laughs) I think it's as natural and easy and a product of youth to draw our validation from external sources. When we started and we wrote the book, we kind of said, oh, we we're for everyone. You know, literally you could catch us at 18 and at 60 and you'd be what we say would be relevant. And actually that is true. But our passion is for women at that crux point when mm. I think the change is actually that is, I think you've almost hit the nail on the head. So I think the change is taking control of your validation and accepting or being able to have that from the inside out and for however that works for you as a person so whether that is just for some people who are employed it's almost just accepting that this is the right choice for me I'm going to make some changes in terms of my flexibility but I am in control of that situation and for other people it's complete career change yeah they almost wake up yeah but I think that it really is a big part of what we do I think it's we do a lot of internal work and especially like the confidence session that we run as part of step up school is always a hugely emotive one because we ask people to look inside themselves and invariably look at their vulnerabilities accept their vulnerabilities talk about their vulnerabilities but it's only that type of talking and openness that you can see that we're all you know we're all in the same boat and there's a so lot much of, power in that shared experience it is and the shared experience i think is incredibly powerful Fernanda's looking at me like she's got, she's got something good to say no 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 no, 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 no i'm agreeing i'm nodding i'm agreeing <laughs> i think the biggest mistake that we make when we're young and that some people continue to make if they don't wake up or don't receive 
support to feel differently is that we compare what's going on inside us to what's going on outside of somebody no, else say that. so the first thing we do when we're talking about confidence is we in fact I think we talked about it in the first session when we're talking about successes mm-hmm. you know never do that never compare her outside to your inside because you're you know everybody's inside is this kind of fluid messy place mm-hmm. um with all different things going on and and a lot of people have a very polished outside it's so easy to yeah, do that, it doesn't it? reflect what's going on inside at all and that is the trap that we all fall into when I was having my nails done last night I said something very interesting because there was a um it must have been an audition for child actors or models going on in the building opposite I was in the west end it's like there were all these parents with these girls with these like styled hair and like dresses and like bows and I was thinking my daughter would never let me dress her up like that and then there was one mum came outside and she had exactly what I have so she had two older boys and a little like this beautiful amazing looking girl and she was obviously really stressed because she didn't know where she was going and she was looking on her phone and she was holding this girl's hand and the two boys were being really naughty and I was thinking that's exactly me and then one of the boys sort of pushed the little girl and she like pushed the boy out of the way and shouted and I thought you know and shouted at him then he was crying and then she crossed the road he was, it was like this total disaster Shame. it was awful and I was watching it and I was thinking oh my god that's so terrible that's, you know that's so terrible and then I was thinking and I feel, actually I feel I also feel really sorry for her because lots of us I mean I don't push my kids obviously but lots of us have moments which are not moments that are not exactly how we want things to be so I definitely have moments for example with my children where I don't lose my temper but I don't maybe behave in the way that I want to mm. behave like exactly a situation you like that human, I, like, you know, I definitely lose yeah, my temper yeah. <laughs> and I have moments like that and I thought I was thinking about this woman in the street and I was thinking you know she's probably really embarrassed I mean I was watching her and she saw me see the whole thing yeah. and she must have felt well I hope she felt quite bad in a way but then I was thinking you know that happens to me all the time right I do things and I think oh gosh you know that didn't look very good or that wasn't a good way for me to behave other people don't do that and actually of course everybody does it you just don't see it everybody lose it with their kids once in a while and I even remember my son saying to me a couple of years ago I've now disabused him of this idea but he said you know I really wish that I was like my friend Sebastian and it makes me really sad that I'm not because Sebastian is good all the time and he's never naughty and I'm really naughty (laughs) and then we were with the other mum and Sebastian and I said to the mum you know Noah thinks that Sebastian is never naughty and she was like Noah Sebastian is naughty all the time he's just only naughty at home so you don't see it and it's that kind of idea that we all have this kind of messiness and mistakes that we make and failures that we have and but we don't talk about it all the time and we don't show it, you know. We don't take our masks we, off very often. Yeah, no. exactly, exactly. I think that's what's so powerful about coaching in the way that you do and I mm. guess in part of the way that I do is enabling people to take those masks off and see the realness and the imperfection and know the the humanity in us all and actually we're all got the same struggles totally. and it's so liberating to so see liberating. other people's failings <laughs> or their weaknesses and their vulnerabilities and I think the group on like our step up school groups are really yeah, tight that's the power of the group <clears throat> and and they, vulnerability connects in a way it's like Brené Brown isn't mm. it well her work vulnerability is the only way actually to connect you can't connect through perfection yeah. no so yeah it's fascinating so I think some people might look at you two what you've done and how well you're doing and think that you have these sort of well people do say that no people say that to us based on our instagram account so we have your instagram is on point well yeah but we don't we but we get (laughs) we don't feel like that because people say it's too polished it's too shiny it's but then when we do then we do like a real picture and and then then nobody we lose (laughs) loads of followers (laughs) 
Well, let's start you can't please anyone. A a just, yeah. So now we just figure well, we may as well make it look nice because at least it's pleasing on the eye as much as possible. Yeah, no, we're really open. I think that yeah. we, we're certainly in no way perfect. What are you working on internally? Are there things that you want to cultivate more of in yourselves or let go of things that are working or not yeah. working? Actually, so we didn't talk about this Go at on. all we didn't talk about this we had this crazy end of the year last year where we were working on this caramelin campaign mm. and we were working, we were doing loads of events i mean it was awful we were doing like i mean the caramelin campaign was amazing but we did how many events did we do in november like eight or no we did i think 11 events. i mean i think we, did, I we were doing two watching or, your instagram yeah. Yeah. we were doing honest. two or three <laughs> two or three events a week evening events a week plus we were working really hard and we were just kind of quite burnt out alice went to australia for a family wedding i was here and we both obviously we didn't really do anything for a few weeks and then we came back together and we saw each other and we were like and we had both come to exactly the same realization without speaking to each other at all and the thing that we really wanted to work on was inner peace I mean it sounds ridiculous but being 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 (laughs) being peaceful and we wanted to have 2018 as a year where we were much more peaceful where we said no to things a lot more where we took more time for ourselves and things were just less frantic and so the first thing that we did is we decided to stop doing evening events unless they were really uh, meaningful things that we wanted to do we actually haven't done any evening events we don't do our own evening events so we don't do any of our own I feel like we haven't done any evening events at all. We've been to we've been to evening dinners, events, but yeah. we haven't actually spoken. We haven't spoken. That's right. Yeah. We've got our first one in June. Yeah. And interestingly, so we're much less frantic. We've said no to quite a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, obviously, we've done much better as yeah, a result. Yeah. We've grown much faster. It's always the way, isn't and it? we're much happier. Yeah. I think we're continuing yeah. to work on that, aren't we? And the other thing we're working on is congratulating ourselves when something's gone well. It's much easier to do when there's two of you Mm. because one of you will kind of Mm. have that realisation. So you can always find a negative in everything. But really, so if we're in a step-up school and somebody comes up to us and says, oh, I had a light bulb moment, you know, we'll make sure that we talk about that afterwards and how amazing that was. Yesterday we were working and Fenella went and got lunch and she came back and she chucked a load of vouchers on the table and she goes, free G&Ts if we fancy it later around the corner. And I was like... Could do. We didn't, but we have saved them. Yeah, we've saved them. We're they're they're good till the end of June. Maybe tonight. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we're not in town today, but yeah, one day we'll go and celebrate with the GNT. And also something Fenella always says, which is really good, and it's a really good line in the sand, is, is this fun? Mm-hmm. Is this fun? Because what we're doing right now does not, not what we're doing right now, because obviously this is really fun. But sometimes we're working on something and we're busting our guts for, I don't know, maybe a client or some brand and we look at each other and we're like this is not fun we're selling our soul we don't feel authentic in what we're doing the whole reason we did this as much for ourselves as for what we do for other people and we're not getting anything from this so we have started saying no to things which does feel scary but actually gives you more control and more power and more choice Mm. and the more you say no the more people want and I think that's exactly my definition of success is fun am I having fun because I used to define it as how much money do I earn? What's my mm. job title? And I was having zero fun, like hell. And now I'm like, if I'm not having fun, I feel unsuccessful. Because mm. actually I make hard choices to do what I do. And 
Yeah, and I think it's a great barometer. And I think with that comes an energy that people resonate with. And I think that's maybe why you've grown quicker when you've maybe. focused. Because people pick up on the energy that before you even say a word, a frantic energy and all, you know. Yeah, we definitely weren't giving, a, giving off a calm energy at the end of last year. <laughs> you're like crawling really into <laughs> you'll see people. We'll see people. Like when we saw friends or when I saw friends, I'm sure it was the same finale, around that time they were like, oh my God, you're so busy, it's awful. And I'm like, yeah, it is actually really really bad it's not that fun I can't wait to go away whereas now people will say to me like one of my neighbours always says to me you're so busy and I'm like I'm not <laughs> I'm trying really hard to not be busy I know I look busy but I don't feel, feel busy and yeah. I, I slightly we've resent work, it we've, we've stopped working in the evenings yeah I just resent people looking at us thinking we're busy we're just very public we're not very public, but we're much more public because of our Instagram, yeah, because of, of everything yeah. we do. Everyone knows what we do. And lots of people do things, but we're consciously not crazy busy. And I just always want to reiterate that with people. Like, I'm just happily fulfilled. I'm not crazy busy. I just, we spend a lot of time putting things on Instagram, so we look really busy. But that is our main thing it's that part we do. Of it, yeah. And I think that's such an important shift of taking away this badge of honour of being busy yeah. you know I actually sort of say to people be like how are you and I'd be like alright things are a bit slow and I feel really good saying yeah. that whereas corporate life my god I never would have said that I would have been like busy busy loads on you know busy, busy. so I think that's really powerful as well is celebrating the slowness in the space totally. and you know and I think we're like the seasons aren't we you can't expect ourselves to be on all the time no we're that's planning how a, we, we're that's planning how we a nice out. we're planning a planning season in planning the autumn season yeah we planned a planning season in the winter, didn't we? Yeah. we our January, February was just planning, yeah. and we sat. It was really, and it was I really, really nice. I'm really into and, we, and, the and we're now nature, especially and women. And we, we built really. on what we did, and so we are much more focused on our work and creating and producing content and our courses, not just flying around doing meetings with people. Mm. And it was such a solid start to that. And so I think twice a year we're going to have a few months of planning and then be able to build on those plans. Mm, I love that. I love that. I'm going to copy that one. So how does someone work with you? We've talked a bit about the Step Up School Online. How does someone access that? How long is it? Can you just tell us a bit about it? Sure. So Step Up School Online is the online version of our sellout Step Up School Inner Circle, which is a personal career business development course, which takes you through the whole system that we've been talking about, I suppose, through the whole podcast, Mm -hmm. defining your success, understanding your purpose, building your confidence, developing your personal brand, your business brand, and then going through kind of later stages of network, mentorship, sponsorship, and then visioning your future. It's equally applicable to entrepreneurs, to employees, to returners. And we've had really amazing outcomes from women on the course so far in all those different spheres and in all different industries, including we've had people get major VC investment. We've had people get on non-executive boards. We've had people get on parliamentary steering committees. We've also Um, just had people coming back from work coming back to work work. who have been out we've got mums on the course currently who aren't working who want to help make that leap back into the work work and they feel more confident definitely so it's online it's how many weeks does it run for so at the moment it's in person we're running it in person and we've literally just launched the online course which starts on the 18th of June and everyone who joins starts on the same date so spaces are open now to Get your space. And you can find it. You'll have show notes, won't you? Yep. Yep. So we'll put the link in the show notes with a special offer. 
Yeah, so the idea is to replicate as closely as possible the inner circle experience, but with the added benefit that you can do it wherever you want. It's really flexible, which is obviously amazing for mums. Everything is recorded as a podcast. There are some small videos. There are everything is also in PDF form, so you can read it or listen to it, whatever you prefer or both, if you really want to hammer things home. There are loads and loads of worksheets. It's really interactive. But because we want to replicate the inner circle experience, you also get a lot of contact with us. So there's an online forum for everybody in Step Up School. So you still get that connection yeah exactly really important i think isn't it exactly so that we're in there at least twice a week if not we're often in there every day but at least twice a week answering any questions starting discussions joining in discussions there are coaching calls with us group coaching calls with us to keep you on track through the course there is a kind of to replicate the group work that we do in inner circle and we have step up school circles which are hangouts where you're split into groups of 10 other step up schoolers and you can do your group work online in that hangout so the idea is it's really kind of collaborative and interactive and it's not something that we're just going to give to you and leave you alone to do it we're so really going to still feel you. really held and supported yeah. yeah how much time does someone need to do it if they're like a busy stay-at-home mum so we've broken it down to two kind of different time frames so either about 10 minutes a day we were talking about 10 okay. minutes a day it's earlier quite doable. it's part of the structure of our book is yeah. driving change in 10 minutes a day but you might want to have more cumulative time so it might be that you spend an hour on the weekend doing it or two half an hour slots mm-hmm. it is a really manageable amount of time because we've signed up to courses that we just haven't done and we know I'm that, one at the moment, that we know can't. that there's no value in that so it's very accessible and as Fenella said you can do a lot of the listening on the run so So you can do it, you know, if you're exercising or if you're on the school run. That's why we have recorded everything as podcasts um, as well. Such a good idea. And then there are worksheets. So what we're assuming people will do, will listen on the go and then maybe spend a bit more time sitting at their computer or at their desk working through the worksheet. So it isn't a huge commitment, but we know that just carving out that amount of time each day or each week will help drive change. Because it's going back to that thing of just, we don't give ourselves any time to do it. So if we can help structure that time which we do very clearly and we talk through that there's a whole section about how to learn at the very beginning as well so we really help people to know how to use the course most effectively for them as well which we thought was important digging into what type of a learner they are exactly we've got a whole section on types of learning or how you learn as a person and also how to use your time how to use it most effectively for you who Mm. you are in your life and is there anything else that you want people to know about it it's amazing (laughs) well I will put the link in the show notes and on my website and then yeah yeah, if there's some incentive totally it'd be brilliant so we're coming to the end and I always ask the same question at the end of every interview so maybe you could each answer separately or you could answer together which is if you could give all the mums out there in the whole world just one thing what would you give them and why I'll give them a piece of advice which is that your career is long. So don't panic wherever you are now. We're all going to be working for a really long time. We're all going to be hopefully alive for a long time. And you can have a really successful career, no matter what your current situation. My mother-in-law is this amazing woman who I really look up to. She's got four children and a massive job a massive transatlantic job, really huge. My father-in-law just uh, works three days a week, but he's just about to retire. Um, but she's always had the kind of 
bigger corporate job but not always because when her kids were young she actually didn't she had times where she didn't work she had times where she freelanced she had times where she had her own business she had times where she then decided that she would on ramp again and and do a big job again and she is now in her 60s and she is flying all around the world doing this huge thing and loving it because all her kids are growing up and and so I think there are lots and lots of people who don't talk about it but who've had fallow periods and busy periods and it's a bit like seasons but seasons stretching over your career so just remember if you're panicking that your career is long and you've got time to take it wherever you want mine would be to have the strength to just celebrate who you are because I think we compare, as we were saying before, like comparing yourselves to other people, trying to achieve what other people have achieved, just not focusing on who you are. And we often spend time just reminding people like each of you is amazing and brilliant. And each of you has got imperfections and shortcomings. But as a package, there's no one else like you. And, and I heard a brilliant quote recently, which is the room is always better when you arrive because you weren't there before and whoever you are you bring something new. And I think a lot of women, especially mothers, forget that they are unique and brilliant. So it's, yeah, to have that strength. What a wonderful note to end on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zoe. So that's it. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. If you were listening to that episode, thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about then just tag them in on instagram my bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there people often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends so if that's you then please do i feel like the guests that we have on the podcast their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide so help me make that happen I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also, just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme, which is a three-month programme called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.